0: CloudCast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the CloudCast with Aaron Dell and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 123 of the CloudCast. Uh, it's actually... An interesting timing. Aaron's not going to be on the show tonight. As some of you know, he's been doing a whole bunch of world traveling, went to China, came back to the States, went to Europe, came back to the States. So he doesn't know what time zone he's in. So it's just myself tonight and our guest. Um, The timing of the show tonight is really good because we're we're both, uh, both Aaron and I are both sort of back from Amazon Web Services, uh, the AWS reInvent show. And one of the big things that we noticed about that, and we'll get into this uh, with our guest, is... You know, Just so much innovation going on around um, companies that are offering uh, SaaS-based, cloud-based, different types of of applications to help you run your cloud better, understand your cloud better. Um, And so we're going to dig into that quite a bit. Um, And before we jump into the guest, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a plug. Aaron and I will jump into this more. It's that time of the year, everybody. Um, We are back starting our fundraising for Krispy Kreme, for the 2014 Krispy Kreme Challenge, which for anybody who's been following the show... Uh, that's the Donut Run. Um, And for anybody who's new to the show, it's this crazy thing that Aaron and I do every fall or every spring. Uh, We run, we eat donuts, and we've, the last couple of years, have been raising money for this amazing North Carolina Children's Hospital charity. So you'll hear more about that. We're going to do some very cool things for the listeners. Um, But enough about that. Let's get into the show. We are very excited tonight to have uh, Mohit Ladd, who is both co-founder and CEO of Thousand Eyes, and Thousand Eyes is a is a new company that got started about six months ago. So Mohit, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Brian, I'm very excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you for also putting up with that long-winded introduction. I, I needed to get a couple of things out of the way. So uh, first and foremost, um, tell us about yourself. I know from from talking to you earlier and from the research we've done, you went from you know PhD uh, to you know, academia, you know, academia in essence to startup funded by Sequoia to now, you know, out into the marketplace. Tell us about the last couple of years and your background and what you guys are trying to do.
1: Absolutely, We would love to. So, um, I did my PhD at UCLA. I started in 2001 and worked uh, with Professor Alicia Zhang, focusing on internet routing, really helping uh, build tools that can understand the big picture of how the internet works uh, from more from a high level perspective and we as phd students which is really interesting uh, you know we had a very different perspective to what some of you guys uh, especially the cci's had right so uh, when you're doing a phd you're looking for you're always looking for really good data yeah and you often don't get that kind of data so you get a little bit of data here you get a little bit of data there And, you know, you're really excited and you want to get something out of it. So we came, uh, both the founders, Ricardo and myself, Ricardo, who is also uh, from my lab, we were both really excited to get any sort of data that we could get. And we would spend a lot of time and effort into making sense from that data and building the big picture from this small set of data points. And that particular skill that we developed was really interesting because when we looked at this entire space, as we finished our PhDs and we started looking at what we really want to build, what we want to do with our lives, we we realized that we had a really unique skill where we could make sense of stuff that people would think is inconsequential. And that gave us the ability to construct uh, a big picture of how systems work from a high-level perspective all the way to drilling down into details, whereas when we looked at the, the, the performance management, especially on the network side, we used to be really focused on devices and data center environments, but people didn't really understand what would happen when things leave your environment and what exactly happens when it goes to the end user and how the, the different network devices are connected to each other and how it can impact stuff. So long story short, you no, know, we finished our academic uh, uh, careers at, uh, with, at the end of the PhD. We wrote a lot of papers. We built some systems, which we uh, presented at NANOG, uh, the North American Network Operations Group. Mm-hmm. And we just realized that there was a great time in the market where enterprise IT was shifting to use more and more stuff outside their environment, which meant that the networks right, were becoming more and more important. And you could not instrument, or you couldn't put something on the application side if the application is a Salesforce you're using. And so it created this, uh, this really interesting time in the market where we uh, thought it would be good to innovate and build something that is entirely different. Okay. Uh, in the early days of Thousand Eyes, we were three people working out of a garage, which is, as you know, the typical uh, the startup story. Sure. Uh, we didn't do that, we had a crazy cat to uh, accompany us, and um, we bootstrapped the company with some money from National Science Foundation, which is not very typical. But in the system space, it takes some time to build a product to solve some hard challenges, and by the time we uh, got money from Sequoia, we had some really great early customers, including ones like Verisign, who we were helping with some pretty hard uh, DNS and network challenges. Uh,
0: Yeah, and you you guys, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, I guess. Talk about this about this this sort of skill that you guys acquired. I mean, it sounds a little bit, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna undersell it. I mean, it's sort of advanced extrapolation. Is it a lot of artificial intelligence, or what's the what's the core science behind what you guys have built the algorithms to to you know so figure, figure these things out in real time?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. So we look at it as three different components that come together. The first one is being smart about how you collect data. And the, the, the typical method is to plug into SNMP and so on and think about the world as a bunch of devices you can instrument. And what we've done is thought of the world as a very complex system where we can put in some agents in different locations that can start to discover stuff. And so this involves being really uh, good with protocols and figuring out how you can trick protocols to do stuff they don't typically. Really do. So a lot of our innovation is based on uh, extreme TCP, right? So lots of stuff on TCP, lots of stuff on IP. And that's the first component. Mm-hmm. The second component is what you mentioned, which is building really good inference algorithms that can go beyond and uh, do more than just data collection and really understand and extrapolate stuff. Uh, and that's that's one of the skills we had developed uh, in our research days, which I think is is very unique to our company. Okay. And then the third component, which we think is really innovative, is being able to present the data visually in a manner that is easy to digest because it's a lot of complex information and being able to present it to the users in a manner that they can understand and interact with it is is an extremely challenging problem. So those three together, I think, form the core of what we believe in as a way to solve problems.
0: Okay. Very, very cool. And, you know, I'll commend you guys. I know I've, I've played around with the product a little bit. I know, especially from a UI perspective, it does a really nice job of of allowing you to, to visually see the relationships between things, be able to see where there's problems, uh, sort of uh, I, I want to call it almost sort of like trial and error. I can move things around to see what what may happen if I if I do some stuff. So yeah, I think I think more and more with systems becoming complicated, becoming complex, having to think about, you know, on-premise and off-premise relationships. That that visualization is really, really key. So, um, that thing, yeah, that's and really I'm cool. I'm
1: glad you played with the product. I I do have to say I haven't seen a check from you yet, <laughs> so <laughs> that's something we that need really to work is. on. But <laughs> now I'm uh, joke's apart. I'm glad you played with the product, and you bring up an interesting point, which is the IT environment is changing and. You can't just walk up to the IT guy anymore and say fix this application because the application doesn't sit on your prem anymore. You're you're involved in this ecosystem of partners that you invariably bring into your IT environment, mm-hmm. and these guys are not on the same page as you are. Right? There's all this finger pointing going on, and, and you mentioned uh, you saw a lot of this innovation, this around this cloud cloud-based applications that uh, are becoming more and more prominent in the enterprise IT space. So. One of the things, one of the ways we look at Thousand Eyes is not just building a technology that can help you get better visibility than ever before, but also think about how we can work towards a remedy for the situations you come into. And so one thing which is really important for us is to build a collaboration platform that can help you as an enterprise share data interactively with the cloud providers that you rely on or your ecosystem partners. And we call it the collaborative troubleshooting aspect.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that was, you know, I was going to make a comment earlier, but I think I think you sort of teed it up really well. You know, the the thing that really has jumped out at me as I as I've looked at people that are doing a lot of different things as a uh, cloud-based service. So whether it's you know cloudability, who's trying to tackle cost things, or, or you guys are trying to tackle monitoring and, and system level, and is it's so much different than what the the, tr- the vendors had done beforehand because your learning curve, uh, the ability to see lots of different customers, to see trends, to see how problems occur at different scale, and the learning curve that you guys can take on um, across all those customers is going to grow so much more rapidly than if you if you took a product and tried to sell it individually to a company and then try to teach them how to use that platform and then they've got to mm-hmm. go, uh, you know, so uh, yeah, as, as we're looking at these different things, that, that always jumps out at me that, um, you know, the ability for the, the people not only writing the software but also delivering the service are going to learn it are going to learn about those environments so much faster than you ever would as a as an IT organization. And their ability to augment you is so powerful. Um, and you know, and then all the other positive things that come out of SaaS and, and updates and all those other things. But but to me, yeah. that's that's the huge trend and the huge benefit of looking at this type of system versus having to run something in your own environment.
1: Yeah, you bring up a great point, and I think it's the new era, and we believe it's time that some of these incumbents that have these clunky solutions, because the model up, up up until now, up until maybe a couple of years ago, was you would sell software that is so complex to operate uh, in, in the form of an appliance, really, that you actually have to sell professional services on top, right? And in order to make that work, and one customer, a very large enterprise that... Um, was talking to and asked them, tell me why you really use Thousand Eyes. Like, what is it that appealed to you? And what he told me was really interesting. He said that we they bought a big solution, spent more than a million dollars with a big vendor, which I won't name here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took them six to nine months to implement that solution. And he said when he started a, a web trial on Thousand Eyes, within a day, he got a whole lot more set up and deployed and got live data than he could with somebody and six months of uh, professional services. So that that's the new era of these uh, products that come out there that are one, really, really easy to set up. It's been all built in a way that it's extremely easy to put in place. Uh, The second component on this is the whole aspect of being able to uh, get collective intelligence from all the customers and share it across a broader base. right? So with Thousand Eyes and with some of these other products, the fact that you have all these data points in a SaaS environment gives you a great deal of aggregate intelligence that you can share yep. in an anonymous, anonymous fashion, which is really useful. And the third component is the pricing, which again, as you, you, I'm sure you know this with other fast companies as well. When you're in a model which is SaaS and which is uh, a bit more adaptable, you can start off in a smaller scale and grow as your needs grow. Right. So right. it's 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 really, uh, you know, I, I, we do hope that this.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so much it's so much uh, performance more performance management
1: space takes off.
0: Right. Yeah. No. To Go me, ahead. it's to me, it's 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 the value is in so many different sort of variables that you know it's almost it's almost hard to overlook it. You know, I mean, it's a lot of times with management platforms, you get the hey, how well do we integrate with legacy stuff and so on and so forth. But but like you said, when so many of your of your installations never actually get to fruition versus. I can get started today I can get value tomorrow or the same day I can pay for it and, and, and kind of get utility as I need to um, yep. and then you know you know the other part of it that, that's been really interesting for me to watch and and you guys have an aspect of it some others have an aspect of it is this idea of you know sort of integrated collaboration right because troubleshooting yep. or uh, you know planning is always a collective process having that built into the tool, being able to, you know, look at a situation, be able to immediately say, hey, we could go back a month. We could see where the conversation, you know, went on over there. And then this cool thing that a lot of people are doing, and I believe you guys do this as well, is the ability to say, I'm going to, I want to, you know, collect data and share that and not have to go, I'm going to reformat it into Excel or reformat it. It's just, you're almost literally sending them like live data they can go look at it they can it's just a they can interact all, with it they can yep. interact with it like that is so powerful because you can you can put it to somebody in the context of well here was the business problem we need to figure this out or here was the technical problem and there isn't all that that friction to sort of understanding you know to get from data to understanding which is really powerful
1: yeah you're, you're right and there is now, there is a disconnect because there's two different organizations typically trying to solve a problem. They use screenshots. sometimes they try to do Webex sessions and it's just a mess, right? Yep. So if you can do it in a manner where you can give control access to a certain part of your data set and you can revoke it when you're done and use that to improve the productivity and get a lot more done, it's it's really, really powerful.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Now, now you guys have you know like I was saying when I was what is that the the reinvent show there was there was a lot of people that were trying to look at a layer of, of say the cloud problem some were looking at you know cost from budgeting and projects others were looking at just network performance you guys have taken a little more of a holistic look um, you know sort of from the application through the network and so forth talk a little bit about about why you tried to tackle such a big swath, and and what in your architecture and your technology kind of makes you feel confident that you can do more than just say one layer or sort of sort of solve one problem.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, by the way, and I think that's where some of the value of what we think and believe uh, comes out as well. So when we when we think about this whole ecosystem, right? There's the uh, there's the data center, which has been a big focus of a lot of innovation and the data center started moving to cloud people focused on the components uh, around the cloud infrastructure so amazons and rack spaces and what you can do between your devices at mm-hmm. your web stack and so on but even if you have all this innovation the challenge still is from the data center all the way to the end user where you're going through all these diverse networks most of which most of which you don't have any visibility into uh, now in this space of performance management we found people either taking an approach where they think about application performance, where you can spot an issue with an application, but you don't really know why. So you see something is slow or not available, but you can't tell why because everything in between is a black box to you. Mm -hmm. And what we realized was what we needed to take was a very different approach, more of a bottom-up approach, where if we understand the core underlying infrastructure, the internet, the network protocols, we can actually figure out Everything that is impacted on top, huh. and so the idea was, it's not, uh, and and it's important to do the correlation because if you know you're you're, you're if I remember right, you're a CCI, right? So you're yes. pretty, and so if if there's a network issue where you're seeing some packet loss and no user is complaining, no application is impacted, you probably wouldn't care about it as much. But if you're actually having an application impacted, that's a different level of severity, and okay. so it was important for us to correlate these different layers together. And we also realized that in the organization there are different people that engage with different functionalities. So you have the app guys, you have the DNS guys, then you have the guys that are responsible for the for the network forwarding paths, maybe the fire, firewalls and so on, and then there's the, the routing guys. And so the hard part for us was correlating these different layers into one thread. So you could look at the application view and say, hey, this application is not available or slow from five different locations and see in the application view that the errors are in the TCP connection. So now you know there's a problem establishing a TCP connection to the web application and you want to understand if this issue is network related or not before you call the network guy. With ThousandEyes, you can jump onto the network view and see pure network metrics like loss, latency, jitter, and bandwidth. And these are all inferred metrics based on our own heuristics and so on. You see a spike in packet loss. You know it's a network issue. You jump into the hop-by-hop view. You see where the loss is in the environment. And at that point, you know whether you have to call your own guys or you have to call somebody else. And I was joking on another interview when when somebody asked me, so, you know, you, you guys are always trying to find somebody to yell at when you see a problem. And I joked there that, yes, and we're not going to stop you from yelling, but we'll just make sure you yell at the right people. <laughs> so then you, you do
0: yeah, and, and I mean sometimes half the battle in, in troubleshooting or in, in any of those things is, you know, do people see consistent data? And, and you guys give them the ability to go, if you're yeah. if you're a network guy, if you're a WAN guy, whatever it is, like you're going to see the same set of data in real time as say the application people. And yeah, you might argue over whose fault it is, but at least you're not you're not getting into these things where it's sort of like I'm manipulating the data so I can get the I can get that that help desk call off my desk and move it along to somebody else and. Uh, Absolutely. And that's powerful. So
1: Yeah, and one of the things we really like is to solve problems. So the product hasn't just evolved, hasn't just been to overnight, right? We had some great customers in the early days. We worked with some large accounts, and uh, we actually launched with Twitter, joining us on stage and talking about how they use Southern Eyes. But these customers had problems we could not solve with the product that we had at, at that instance of time. And we realized every. Time, there was a problem we could not find in the root cause for, there was a layer of information we were missing. So there was one event where we saw loss on the network hops. When you look at the hop-by-hop view, we saw loss in many different networks or many different ISPs. And it just didn't make sense, right? You have routers in completely different ISPs dropping packets. And it didn't make sense to us, but then we dived deeper and went into a different data set, which is the BGP data. And we realized that that particular uh, cost had an upstream provider that was flapping BGP routes, and that was one of the reasons why we put the BGP layer in. Because now, when you see issues in the network forwarding paths that you can't explain, you can correlate that to see if it's an actual control plane issue. And if you think about it, uh, BGP being correlated to a page being slow is was almost something people had never thought about, right? It's just different completely. Yeah, I mean, that, that, different that, layers of information.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are those are two hugely different disciplines from the application guy to uh, you know managing you know internet ISP connections is, is incredibly different so yeah no, that that's that's powerful that's very very powerful um, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you so you know when I when we look at at your customer base um, when we look at you know the customers that you highlight you know a number of them are very prominent uh, you know web scale companies you know Dropbox and, and several others you um, is the platform, you know, is, is the Thousand Eyes platform something that, that really kind of lends itself towards towards those huge web-scale companies? Or is this, you know, do you, do you feel like the, the technology is applicable to government agencies, enterprise companies, mid-sized companies as well, or does it, are you still sort of, as a startup company, you know, trying to target certain workloads more so than others?
1: No, it's a great question, and um, so we have, we typically come across two or three different profiles of companies. Uh, so one profile of companies that get a lot of value from Thousand Eyes is the SaaS companies, and we have seven of the top ten SaaS companies right now using Thousand Eyes, and several others that are looking at us. Uh, the key value prop for the SaaS companies is uh, there. There's two things we do. We have public agents that we run across the globe that will do. Uh, almost like an X-ray view of the entire infrastructure that they rely on for delivery of the application and how the application looks at the page load layers and the transaction layers all the way up to the network hop-by-hop and BGP. And then we also have the notion of a private agent, which can be very easily deployed anywhere you want as the virtual appliance or Linux package. And the second class of customers that we work with are very traditional enterprises that have lots of branch offices. So what the enterprises do is they would deploy these private agents just with click, you know, very easy to install process on different branch offices. And they now try to uh, track performance issues to both internal applications and more importantly to SaaS applications that they rely on. So if an enterprise is using Office 365, they can see the entire cross layer view from the transactional stuff all the way down to the network hops. And there is two or three different things you can do when you see this visual. Uh, the first thing you would realize is whether you are actually ready for SaaS applications or not based on how your enterprise is architected, which is, which is an interesting uh, thing. And we've seen so many different scenarios where sometimes you have single exit points and they completely mess up the way traffic flows. Sometimes you have split tunnels. So you get that view of whether you're actually ready for SaaS or if there are problems inside your enterprise. Uh, with this sort of view, you can now do a better job of changing your enterprise architecture to become more optimal around SaaS routing mm-hmm. and uh, really do a good job about figuring things out. And then the third thing you can do is just manage these performance issues as they happen from time to time.
0: It's interesting. So do you, you know, I think a lot of people... So the
1: enterprise use case is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
0: So I, I was going it, to, it's sort of interesting you you brought that up. I, I would think, you know, I think a lot of people tend to think SaaS applications, you know, your, your ability to get to them is just going to be dependent on, on your internet connection, do you do you find a lot of variability between, you know, say a typical enterprise and, and what their path is going to be to get to uh, a set of Microsoft services versus, say, Salesforce versus, I don't know, some other, you know, WebEx oh, or something like that? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's So it's really interesting. And so one of the things we do is provide every enterprise account with a set of public mm-hmm. agents that we run, so they can do some comparisons. Okay. Uh, most of these guys are still doing a lot of stuff internally, and that just makes uh, routing really interesting and complex. They have MPLS circuits, uh, so they, there's a lot of variability, and every enterprise is different as well. Uh, and in terms of uh, the customer adoption, we have we work with lots of really large financials. You think of the largest financials okay. in the U.S. and globally, but... Uh, unfortunately, their marketing departments are pretty strong sure. about. Using yeah, that. no, no, That's
0: yeah, so. always the hardest thing as a startup is you want uh, lots and lots of logos on your thing, and getting the big ones is is always the hardest. So, um, well, let me ask you one last question before we uh, wrap this up. Um, in terms of, you know, I guess a couple of things: people that that want to engage with you guys, um, all the stuff that we've been talking about, are these sort of standard agents, or is there is there a way to customize some things? Do you see people? Customize them, or what's the you know what's the typical engagement model for somebody that that comes to you guys from finding you on the web page to you know engaging with it to you know making it work for their environment?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, the 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 best way to do it, or the the most uh, efficient way to do it, would be to sign up for a trial Uh or sign up for a webinar. So the webinar we run, we would do a quick overview on Thousand Eyes, and you know we want to be very uh, transparent about what we can do, and we are. So we want to respect the time people have, and we're very clear. So if you join the webinar, it would be a good way to figure out if it's going to work for you, or you could set up on a trial, and essentially it allows you to deploy private agents, get access to public agents, and our engineers will work with you guys uh, on trial to make sure that you're understanding what to set up and whatnot. The way the agents work is there is a basic agent, which... Uh, gives you the full network view and then if you want uh, optional modules like the web module which gives you a transaction and so on it's something you can stack on top Okay. but if you get the network view you can actually track performance or track paths to any application that runs TCP and you don't have to, you know, it's not just web based applications, so you can run a trace network trace to an SMTP server that you care about if that's what you're worried about
0: Okay, so in, in theory this could work, uh, obviously, on on any infrastructure as a service, uh, Amazon, Rackspace, but I don't, you know, but but well, I think what you're saying is like this could be more than just building a web application. This could literally be some sort of migration of a legacy application, as long as it's you know IP based yeah. and that SNMP. Right. And, okay. Cool. So it's very, yeah. very, very applicable in that sense. Excellent. Yeah. Well, good. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for the time tonight. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to sort of wrap this up. One last thing. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of winding down for the years, so trade show season's kind of run out. What's What are you guys seeing, you know, looking into 2014? What's the best way for people to go engage with the company, get to know more about you, um, you know, find out where you're going to be in 2014 and so forth?
1: Yeah, so we have a resources page, and we'll be putting up events that we will be going to. Um, the uh, the uh, the ones like network field days, ones we, we really like quite a lot okay. because it reaches an audience that uh, we think can get a lot of value from Thousand Eyes. Uh, and then uh, we would be doing some other events which are specific to certain SaaS applications as well, like ServiceNow conference, et cetera. We're also at the Splunk events, most of them. Um, And then we uh, are planning to do a lot of local networking events, uh, some in San Francisco and some in New York. And we'll be advertising those on our Twitter feeds as well. So Twitter is a great way to follow the company and just know where we can be engaged at. And the Twitter handle is thousandeyes.
0: We will get, uh, yeah, we'll get all that in the show notes and uh, links to the website and all those sort of things. Well, very, very cool. Well, listen, uh, Mohit, thank you so much for the time tonight. Uh, folks, as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the CloudcastNet, uh, everything social media at uh, thecloudcast.net. Um, Aaron will be back next week. He should be uh, back to normal in terms of time zones. Um, for everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, for Aaron, for Mohit, thanks so much for the time tonight, and uh, we will talk to you again soon.